just this morning, I was listening to this brilliant podcast episode and the person who was being interviewed asked this amazing question. And I thought I need to stop what I'm doing right now and write down my responses to this question and implement it in my business. But of course I didn't because that's how it goes when you're listening to podcasts. You're doing something else. You hear these great ideas. You think, oh, I'm going to do that. And then you just forget to do it. This is why I keep talking about my free self-guided workshop, The Pathway to Building a Sustainable, Values-Aligned, Impactful Business. You can find it at bit.ly slash rules. It's going to give you a notion template so that you can actually sit down and identify where you are on this pathway and then answer very specific reflection questions for that specific part of the journey, which will help you uncover things that you can actually start to implement in your business. So if you've been listening to this show, you've been thinking, oh my gosh, this is great. I need to do some of these things, but you need a container to actually sit down and work through some of it and figure out what is relevant for you. Head to bit.ly slash no business rules. Take the free self-guided workshop. You're listening to Transcend Your Dichotomy, the podcast where we break the rules that say we have to leave ourselves behind in pursuit of success. I'm Brooke Monahan, and I created the show for purpose-driven business owners. Together, we'll talk about how to go for your goals, have an impact, all while honoring yourself, your desires, and your values. Today, we are continuing our conversation about marketing and specifically how you can do marketing differently. I asked my great friend, friend of the podcast, been on before, Tristan Katz, to come on to talk to us about this because I think that they are a incredible example of someone who, first of all, is an expert in marketing and teaches marketing. Second of all, does not themselves use the or teach the traditional marketing tactics. And third, has shown that you can build a successful business without doing those things. So often with people that I work with, one of the things that's causing them the most resistance is that they don't want to use those quote unquote traditional marketing tactics, but it's almost like they have a hard time even believing that there is another way. Tristan, I think, is just an incredible example of somebody who is really like walking the walk in prioritizing relationships and just telling the truth and showing that we can do this and you can do this and still build a successful business. Tristan Katz, whose pronouns are they and them, is a writer, digital strategist, and an equity inclusion facilitator who specializes in education and consulting centered around queer identity and trans awareness and an with an anti-oppression and intersectional lens, along with justice-focused marketing programs for yoga and wellness professionals. Tristan was named one of Yoga Journal's 2021 Game Changers, so so excited to have them on the show again. And they were awarded the Reclamation Ventures grant in spring of 2021 to expand their offerings and dedicate time to writing their first book, title forthcoming. Yay, we need this book. Through their podcast articles, digital resources, and workshops, Tristan supports those who seek to grow their work while staying aligned with the practices of equity, justice, and inclusivity. You're going to hear kind of like a friend chat today, but in this conversation, we are going to talk about how you can prioritize relationships and why you don't need to be out there constantly focusing on sales in order to make money. This is a true transcend your dichotomy conversation because I think the whole thrust of this conversation is you don't have to choose between being in alignment with your values or marketing in a way that feels good and or 
having a successful business. Tristan breaks down why that is, but also shares things that I think are a really great example of how they're actually doing things differently in their business. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you do, make sure to go and find Tristan. I am linking to a couple of things in the show notes for how you can work with them. And there are two things that you're going to find there. One is their their yoga, social justice, and marketing group mentorship program. It's a six-month learning space to support folks in growing their work while staying committed to social change, justice, and equity. You don't have to just be a yoga teacher. Um, The program is always evolving and shifting. And as we mentioned in this episode, if you're finding that you keep hearing things like this, like you keep hearing, oh, I can show up in alignment with my values and speak my mind and take a stand and I don't have to always be focusing on sales, but there's like a disconnect with the actual implementation, I think that there's going to be some deep ass work happening in this uh, mentorship program and it might be just the space for you. The other one is um, Tristan's program Equity in Action, which I highly recommend. I took um, a similar program with Tristan uh, not that long ago and it was really impactful for me and really impactful for my family and just my confidence in being able to show up Uh, for this work. So the Equity in Action is a long-form training, and it is there to support space holders in embodying queer competency and trans inclusion. So if you feel like that's an area that you could use some support in, um, you know, feeling really solid and confident in your ability to hold space for others across lines of difference, then I highly recommend that. Both of the programs are linked in the show notes. Go and find them, and let's get into this conversation with Tristan. Tristan, my friend, I'm so happy to see your face. Hi. Hi. Likewise, it's nice to be back on on the podcast. The pod. We're just going to call it that from now on. This is the podcast. Well, I feel like in our text exchanges, it's always like either you and Lauren are talking about my podcast or I'm talking about your podcast. And so we can just say the podcast. And then through context clues, we know which one we're talking about. Plus, I put all the fucking episodes on my feed. You put I know. episodes right here on your feed. So it's like, it's just one one pod party. It is. It's one pod party. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I I'm happy it. to be back with the pod party. Yes. We're continuing um, a conversation about marketing. Um, we've had a few episodes about marketing. And as I was, this wasn't really planned. It was just like, I recorded an episode on marketing and then I realized, oh, I have two interviews with guests about marketing. Okay, we're doing a marketing thing. Tristan, marketing. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here to talk marketing. And I listened to the first one you did, which was just you. And I was like, I almost sent you a series of text messages and held myself back. Like, no, just listen to the whole episode. Like, I wanted to know who you were talking about. <laughs> like, but anyways, I'm really glad to be continuing the marketing conversation with you. Yes. Yeah. Relational marketing. Okay. So here are my thoughts about that. Um, And I always say, like, I feel like dominant marketing conversation comes from a very different lens and one that is really rooted in transaction. Mm -hmm. And we see that through, like, incessant sales pitches and calls to action, the narrative that's like, you got to be posting every day and creating content all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And then, like, some of the things you talked about on the previous conversation or the previous episode you did on your own, which was, like, having the countdown timer that, Mm -hmm. like, isn't actually true to anything Mm -hmm. or, um, 
like claiming things that are absolutely false and manipulative. Um, <laughs> and it's all rooted in getting people's money or getting people in the quote doors. And I really have found that marketing can actually be approached from a very different perspective, which is more in line with um, an anti-capitalist, anti-oppression lens, um, which is about focusing on relationship building over transaction. Mm. And when we focus on the relationship building part, it feel it often feels better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, I have found and mm-hmm. witnessed that it often feels better. It feels less... Um, less phony, less um, disingenuine. And these are some of the things I hear from people all the time, which is like, I don't know how to grow my work because it inherently feels icky. It inherently feels narcissistic. It feels like I'm um, performing. It feels like I'm being fake. Um, And I don't think we need to be fake in our marketing. Um, I don't think we need to dial it in. I don't need I don't think we need to lie. I don't think we need to be dishonest about where we're at. In Mm -hmm. fact, I think when we approach it from a genuine, authentic place and get honest about where we're at, when like maybe our capacity shifts and we have to cancel something and refund people's money, like that's a beautiful thing to normalize, especially Mm -hmm. at this point in time, you know, three years into the pandemic and this huge like collective shift that we're in around like the climate and the planet and social justice. It's like, Can we just get honest (laughs) that we're all kind of struggling in different ways, given Mm -hmm. lots of different factors, including Mm -hmm. socioeconomic considerations in our identities? So I think that when we get real about those things and approach marketing through that lens and the relationship lens and the being true to ourselves and where we're at lens, it not only feels better, but I think it's more impactful. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. I'll just pause there. Yeah. Yeah, because I have like 45 things to say. Right. So let's do it. I'm trying to write them down before they leave my brain. Um, yeah, I am listening to you talk about like just being honest. And what immediately is coming up for me is that when I am working with clients who are feeling like they need to say things just the right way or yeah. convince people, what we inevitably uncover is they're being dishonest in two ways. One is the dishonesty Mm -hmm. about like trying to, so I'll get, I'll use myself as an example. There was a period of time when I first started coaching where I felt like I needed to be the coach who focused on helping people make money. Right. And eventually I realized I don't actually need to continue to tie this. I don't need to keep justifying why the work that I do later down the line leads to more money. I don't actually need to do that. What I instead need to do is stop focusing on the thing that I think I need to like contort myself or like put myself into a box to fit and be dishonest about that. And instead tell the truth about the power of the work that I do do. And so if you're being, at least in my experience, and I would love to know if you see this come up too, it's almost like with clients that I've seen this scene kind of fall into this, they're also not being honest about how fucking impactful the Hmm. things that they do really, really well, how impactful it is. Like, it's almost like they're holding back on what they really want to say and then saying the thing that they think they're supposed to say. And it's like, no, 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 don't be dishonest about that thing. Instead, be dead honest about how powerful you are when you like stay squarely in the realm of what you do really well. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, absolutely. I love that you framed it that way uh, because I think that's really important for us to understand. And I talk about this a lot, like 
bring what you're already doing in your work naturally into your marketing. Like just say Mm. the things, teach it, teach it in your marketing. And people say to me, well, if I teach it in on Instagram, for example, in a series of posts or whatever, then I'm quote, giving my whatever away for free, the service, (laughs) the labor, the thing that people should be paying for. And I'm, and I'm always like, no, no, you're giving people a taste of the thing that you do. But when they start entering actual space with you and relationship with you through coaching, for example, they're going to get a whole other experience that's so much more powerful and rich and nuanced and impactful than just consuming your content on Instagram. Like there's always more to give when you show up in that Mm -hmm. like actual coaching relationship, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this really goes back to like this performance thing and this perfection thing that we're kind of, that's kind of underlying all of this, which I think is so, it's so toxic and it's so um, like predatory and it's so dominant in most what I see to be mainstream marketing conversations. Like say the right thing, figure out the pain points and then make sure Mm -hmm. you put that pain point language into your sales copy. And I just think it's all like garbage. And I think this whole paradigm that's like, sell more, reach six figures, like how to boost your following in 30 days, all of that sets us up to feel really disconnected from the gifts that we naturally have to offer. Uh And I think that when we instead shift to this other lens that like, I'm just going to say the thing that's on my mind right now, or I'm going to say the thing that's lighting me up, or I'm going to say the thing that landed with the client, or I'm going to say the thing that's pissing me off. Um, that feels way more true to who we are. And then we're representing ourselves again in a genuine way. So folks actually know what they're going to, or more of what they're going to get when they enter into a relationship with us. But if we're just constantly running the hamster wheel of trying to get the thing right or trying to say the thing that's going to, you know, whatever, get people in the doors, I just, I, I think that cuts us off from, from, like our gifts as you're talking about, like as you're referring to. And I, I think we all have strengths and skills and gifts and and magic to offer people. And there's something going on in our brains due to, you know, list all the things like childhood trauma, mm-hmm. um, you know, systemic and social cultural injustice, um, privilege and oppression and marginalization. And like the list just goes on. Capitalism, white supremacy, patriarchy, colonialism, like all of these things that are living in our culture that lead us to feel that we don't have gifts, that we can't trust ourselves, that we can't trust that we have value to share in the work that we do. Um, And obviously, this is a different conversation for like, let's just say like, if you're a white cis het man who's able-bodied and middle to upper class, like maybe they don't have as much of that self-doubt stuff, Mm -hmm. right? And like the whole conversation that 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 group of people typically apply for jobs even if they're not totally qualified for them, right? It's like, okay, so we're seeing a pattern here that like a lot of us feel deep mistrust of our gifts. Yep. Um, And so then we feel, and I'm generalizing the we right now, so I understand if like folks don't identify with this, but a lot of us might then feel that we have to play some sort of game in order to show that we have value. Um, And I think, too, what comes up for me is then the fear that when I get somebody into a meeting, like let's say they do hire me to consult them or something, and we get into a one-on-one meeting, then I have to prove, quote unquote, I have to, quote, deliver. I have to, quote, give them their money's worth and not just trust that 
maybe that conversation is going to be meaningful even if I don't try so hard to make it like clearly meaningful. There's just there's so much garbage to sort through that I see coming into our marketing in ways that cuts us off from actually just getting our work out into the world and saying what we do and saying that we have something to offer and saying it more than once in a way that's yeah. effective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and for anybody who's listening, who's like, like, I want to be very clear that like what Tristan is saying is not, don't grow your audience. Don't try to get all of the clients into your program. Don't try to close sales. Don't try to do that. Instead, do this thing because like Tristan has lots of people buying their stuff, showing up for their programs, coming to anything that they run, um, like hiring them, listening to their podcast, following them on Instagram if that's what you care about. Tristan actually has like kind of a lot of Instagram followers. Like it's it's not, yeah, like it's it's not like you have to choose very in line with the theme of the show. Like we're not saying choose between money and success or this other thing. It's actually that you don't need to be that or do that in order to have these things. There's many different ways to get to the same outcome. And also I would say, that if you try to do it the dis- the more dishonest way, if you try to do it the quote unquote right way, say the right thing, I don't actually think you're going to get the outcome that you want. I think you're going to find yourself in a situation where you feel like you have to prove even more. I think you find yourself in situations where people come through the door to work with you and they don't get what they thought they were going to get because you were not fully transparent about who you are versus when people can see who you actually are and they are very clear on what you do and don't do generally i have found they stick around like and and it works out pretty well yeah i agree i agree and i think you know this is not what i was taught um and i've talked about this a little bit in another episode i think that we did together on this podcast on the podcast um but i feel like i was taught like uh, don't say certain things, mm-hmm. right? And this came through really quickly. When I first started my Instagram account to create my business, to market my business, one of the first things I posted within the first few months was something about white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And my father, who is also, you know, a mentor and a boss and someone mm-hmm. that I learned a lot from and with for for more than a decade, was like, you're talking about white supremacy on your professional Instagram page like mm-hmm. ugh, you know um and I'll and and you know he was a he's of a different generation and he's I think he that he's worried about self he's worried about his own safety which makes mm-hmm. sense um mm-hmm. and uh I'm of a different generation and while I am worried about my own safety I'm also worried about the state of our world um and don't want to remain quiet in order to quote keep things safe or and or comfortable in a way that is like actually a false narrative in the first place cuz like remaining quiet doesn't actually keep things safe or comfortable um it's perpetuating part of the problem right and so i you know anyways all of that to say that i was taught stay quiet about things that are uncomfortable for people to hear um stay quiet about per- certain parts of yourself and your identity and your experience because you don't want to make quote people uncomfortable because you don't want to make Um, yourself vulnerable to like violent attacks or abuse or trolls or whatever. And I don't 
A, feel like I have that luxury given certain parts of my identities. Like as a trans person, I'm coming out as a trans person all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like end of story. <laughs> like, so what, am I going to not talk about my Jewish identity or white supremacy or the, 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 I mean, just the list goes on, right? Like, and so I don't feel like I have the luxury to stay silent. I also feel like that time is over. Like we can't be silent about things that are, we're passionate about or that we're struggling with or that we're that are harmful to other people. Um, And I also think, you know, this goes back to like, to me, (laughs) the conversation about branding is is another one that's like really freaking garbage. And like, most people think that branding is like, I've got to get the quote, right logo and the quote, perfect color palette and the quote, perfect font, and then everything will work. And I can launch my fill in the blank into the world and create my marketing content. And I think that's garbage. Like I think our brand is actually like our values and our voice and our personality and what we care about and how we show up in our work and in the world. And if we're not sharing that, then we're again, like where's the relationship building, right? Um, And it's more like the transactional manipulative thing. Like I can get the right colors, the right font, the right logo, the right business name, and then I'll be perfect. And then people will buy what I'm selling. And I think that that is just so um, uh, harmful. Uh, And I think that we, I would like us to be having a conversation about this relationship focused marketing and branding so that we can actually show up and get the thing done in a way that feels good instead of feeling like we're trying to just get people's money. Like who wants to run their business that way? Like, can't we do something different? That's what you talk about on this podcast. And that's why there's so much fucking cognitive dissonance. Yes. Because if you are like not motivated by just the money. And if you think that money, if you see all of the issues in the world that are being like perpetuated by people with a shitload of money, then don't be surprised when you are bumping up against major shit in your business when the way that you're running your business is do the right things to make the money. It's not what motivates you. So it's not going to be sustainable long-term. And at some point you're going to have to cut that shit out. Like it's not, it's not going to last. It is going to like stop you in your tracks. At least that's what I see happen all the time. People who are, who see no issue with the way that our financial systems work and stuff don't have an issue running their business that way and making all of the money. It's always people who see the problems with it and yet are still trying to do it the way that they were taught by like the, the, you know, dominant like marketing, you know, conversation who are now in a situation where it's like, well, yeah, no wonder why you don't know where to go from here because you kind of painted yourself into a corner where you now in order to make money have to ditch your values. And that's going to fuck you over every day of the week. Yeah, I think the thing that's coming up for me is the, as I'm hearing you share what you just shared in a similar vein, like I hear some folks say you got to be posting every day Mm -hmm. Um, or like you got to send out an email a week to your newsletters or you got to have like an email newsletter funnel lead magnet situation. Uh Like, and I just think especially with the creating content on a regular basis, I understand that part of the perspective and the argument is 
um, exercising that content creation muscle and learning mm-hmm. to do it. And like the more we do it, the more easy it becomes. But at the same time, when we're constantly shitting ourselves, shitting ourselves, and we're like, I should be posting every day, I should be sending out a newsletter every week. How are we like, we can't be expected to be constantly creating content. Yes. So we're inherently going to fail and feel like fuck ups in the process because we're not getting it done because we're exhausted and overextending ourselves or not sure what to say anymore. And like, Mm -hmm. I just think that that, and one of the things I've tried to do in my own work with my business is like take in the information, like, okay, marketing quote experts say, these are the steps, these are the shoulds. What actually do I have the capacity for? Yes. Or what actually do I want to do? I remember somebody saying to me, you should put a lead magnet so that your newsletter subscribers get a free fill in the blank. And I was like, I don't want to. Like, (laughs) I just want people to subscribe because they want to hear from me. And like, I don't want to have to tell them that once they subscribe, they'll get something for free. I'm not saying that's not a valuable marketing approach. I know it works for a lot of people. I just didn't want to do it. Like, and I just think we, I would like to have the conversation in the marketing world about what feels good. Like Mm -hmm. what actually feels right for us to do or offer or create. Like maybe Instagram is not your jam as you talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you're struggling with that, then I I just feel like that's the conversation I want to be having. Like, what else can we do apart from Instagram? Why do we have to quote, why do we quote, have to be on Instagram or quote, have to play the algorithm game? If we're obsessed with playing the algorithm game, then like, are we actually feeling good about what we're doing? And I want to feel good about the work I put out into the world, whether it's marketing content or anything else. I want to feel good. I want to feel proud. I want to feel like it's being of value and service to people. I want to feel like people are getting something out of it, whether they come into the workshop or the program or not. Like, I want to make a difference and with my voice and my platform and my presence. And to me, that's good marketing. And it has nothing to do with, like, getting people's money. Like, that comes later as, like, a byproduct. That's not my main goal. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, privileged. I, I don't I don't know, but yes, I do need <laughs> I do need people to pay me for my work and my labor. So that's part of it, but I also want people to just like hear what I'm saying when I'm speaking out about something that matters to me, whether they pay me or not. So Yeah, yeah. and and I think that what you're say- saying is actually there's one way of looking at it which is um well, I need to make money so I can't do that, Tristan. Right. That's not what Tristan's saying because Tristan needs money too. Uh (laughs) There's another way to look at it, which is to say the thing that motivates me most in the work that I do is not the money. Yes, I need money, but I trust that if I focus on these other things that really motivate me and are really important to me, I know the money will come. Yeah. That's really fucking hard. And also – you're investing a whole bunch of time and energy into other things in your business. It's also really fucking hard to build a high converting funnel, but that's not stopping anyone. So (laughs) totally, totally. And like that trust thing is uh, ongoing. Like it's not like, great, now I'm at a place of trust. I'm good. Like everything is going to be fine. No, I think that's a practice. That's like, and I'm not great at it. I mean, I wake up I I just had this experience this morning where I was like, I'm not getting to my desk until 11 a.m. I'm, quote, losing money. That's what my brain said. My brain said, 
literally, if I want to pay for therapy and health like support in the coming months, um, I have to be working more. That's what my brain said this morning. And my brain said that sleeping in and taking care of myself and being in my joy is going to interfere with my ability to pay for my therapy. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, I mean, yes. And <laughs> like, is that true? Or is that scarcity mindset and fear and yeah. trauma and trauma that's like maybe mine, but also like other generations that's carrying on into my body. And and also, yeah, it's hard to be alive right now. Late stage capitalism is fucking scary. And like rent prices are ridiculous. And like, I don't know how we're supposed to live in this. Um, So yeah, it's all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw like a meme or something the other day and it was like, what life feels like in 2022. And it was like a cartoon of someone just like sitting in the grass. And then the next frame was a bird flies up and just goes, that'll be $30. (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's exactly what it feels like I mean I actually recently needed to go through and then I'm actually going to get to all of the things that I've been writing down that I want to actually talk to you about but but I had to go through recently I had I have my numbers in my that I'm always looking at in my business and okay this is what I need to get to in order to make ends meet versus this is what I need to get to to kind of have a little bit more of a cushion and to have you know to do these things and to give back in these ways I had to go through and redo them the other day because I realized the amount of money that I needed three years ago has changed. Yeah. I need like it, inflation is real. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, it is scary. But yeah. I was when I was listening to you talk about, you know, I, I t- you take in the marketing information and then you think like, OK, what do I have the capacity for right now? The other thing that I was thinking that I am always trying to do and that I think you're a really great example of is hearing like people's arguments for why you quote unquote should do certain things in your business. And then kind of like, I kind of listen to the line of reasoning and then I try to get creative about how can I get there a different way? So the, I think a really good example of this is like this whole no like, and trust thing that anyone who's taken any sort of marketing, anything has, I'm sure heard you need to make people know, like, and trust you. People are not going to buy from you unless they know, like, and trust you to which I say, yeah, probably true. And also I don't know why you think that the easiest way to do that is to write good copy. (laughs) It seems like a much easier way to make people know, like, and trust you is to have a relationship with them. And (laughs) literally, like, when I sent you, Tristan, this email earlier to be like, this is what I want to talk about. I was like, let's talk about know, like, and trust because I think... So like so many people know, like, and trust Tristan Katz and it has nothing to do with my copy. Maybe your copy, but like not because you're sitting down being like, how do I make people know, like, and trust me? (laughs) What do I have to say to make people? Doesn't it just seem so much easier to just be like, they're going to know, like, and trust you if you have a real human conversation with them, if you show some interest in supporting them before you ask them to support you, if you actually check in with them and it's not just a, I'm going to like, if it's an actual fucking relationship, that's what I'm describing here. Yes. Yes. And I'm so glad that you listed that in the bullet points for today's conversation because it is like the no like and trust thing is something I, I feel like I'm a I don't know. I guess I'm an anti no like and trust person because like I bring it into the work that I teach on marketing. I'm constantly like if you listen to people out there who are quote marketing experts, you will hear them tell you to build the no like and trust factor. 
And I think, again, like a lot of those conversations are really phony and manipulative leaning. And I'd much rather build the, quote, no like and trust factor from a genuine place, from a non-attachment, non-striving place. And to me, that looks like showing up and talking about things that I care about rather than what I think people want to hear or like... Maybe it's showing up and talking about things that I see landing with my my clients and students rather than trying to tell people what they should care about or what they should want to hear, right? Um, I think it's about, again, like it just comes back to paying attention and checking in. Um, and I feel like half the time when I put out, quote, marketing content, like a lot of the time I'm not putting any sales pitches there. I'm not like link in bio, call to action. Sometimes I'm just like, saying a thing that I need to say. And I was saying this the other day to a a group, a mentorship program that I run, where I was like, sometimes I think I'm using my Instagram as a place to discharge. Um, And maybe that's not altogether healthy, but I do it with boundaries. So like, isn't it fine? Like, I'm not like discharging on Instagram what I'm then sharing in my therapy that week. There's a very different like conversation happening (laughs) with my therapist, you know? but when I see something that's pissing me off or when I see in particular, like one of the things that like, you know, bothers me to no end is when I feel like trans people aren't being seen or represented um, or when especially non-binary people are being invisibilized uh, or misrepresented or unrepresented or whatever it might be. Um, and I just like, how can I insert my voice into the conversation? Like, that's always my question is like, is there a conversation happening collectively that's missing something that I can speak to based on my own lived experience? And it doesn't have to be related to a workshop. It doesn't have to be related to a program or an offering or a link in bio call to action situation. Sometimes it's just me sharing my perspective. Uh-huh. And then people get a sense of who I am and what I care about. And yeah. that leads to the relationship and the quote, no like and trust factor. But the no like and trust factor isn't my main motivation. Again, it's a byproduct. Yes. Yeah, it's just like gonna happen. Yes. If you're in. <laughs> if you care about what you're doing and yeah. you show that care to people through right. how you take up space. Right. Like, yeah. And also, yeah. like, I don't know. I'm just going to say this and we can cut it if you want me to cut it. But sure. I'll say it to you because we're here talking about it. And if we leave it, then anybody who listened to my podcast episode, which at this point will be like three episodes ago, which we referenced at the top of this, like stop marketing to the assholes of your <laughs> industry, I think I called it. Mm-hmm. I think that there's also a difference in the way that you, whether you call it discharging or whatever mm-hmm. in your marketing, because of the fact that you are here in many cases to help people do better. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I do. I'm, I think I'm, I'm just trying to take that in um, because I know that you're right. Uh-huh. I know that it's true. Sometimes it feels a little Mm, savory or like uh like I know so I can help like I can save x y and z and I just want to check myself on that because I know that that can be really problematic but I do feel like I think the other thing that people are reflecting back to me that I'm also trying to receive is that I'm I'm humble And like I say when I don't know something which is also not something that our dominant culture teaches us to do um I say when I don't know something, I ask other people for their opinions and perspectives before I assume to know like the truth with a capital T. Like I'm open to feedback. I'm open to somebody telling me I'm wrong or that I'm missing something. 
And I feel like then yes, like I want, I mean, again, this goes back to like, I, do I want to make money? Yes, I have to. I have to pay my bills. Um, and I just want to make a difference. And like, right. I've wanted to make a difference since I was a kid. And I yeah. kind of think we, most of us do. Like, even if we're doing different types of work, like, aren't we doing it because we want to improve or better or contribute meaningfully or or help people in some way? And I just feel like if I'm coming from that lens to the marketing landscape and yeah. creation process, then I can show up and teach through my marketing, be of service through my marketing, create conversations, be a part of conversations, create relationships through my marketing. And again, like the no like and trust factor thing will come as a byproduct. The yeah. financial stability, I hope, will come as a byproduct. Like the gigs will come, but the purpose isn't get people's money, get people in the door. The purpose for me is can we work together to make change? Um, yeah. And yeah. I think that in your instance also, like, people need to hear you. <laughs> like, people need to hear you, even if it's just your experience of a thing. It's important. And also, you get to do whatever the fuck you want. So <laughs> that's the other piece. Like, and that goes for any, like, that goes for all of us, right? Um, and so, like, Yeah. I mean, I hope yeah. it was obvious, but like you get to like take your, whatever your platform is on the internet and use it the in way you the want to, way you want to use it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be LinkedIn bio all the time. Yeah. Like, I think that that's another, like, I, I, I am almost like, oh, this is a, this is a book or this is a workshop or this is a PDF. I don't know, but it's like. All, the top 10 things that you don't need to do. <laughs> you should right? have a link in your bio to an opt-in and the opt-in is just why you don't need a link in your bio. And then they get automatically unsubscribed from your email list. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Seriously though, it's like all these things that we're told we quote need to do. It's like, I don't think we need to do any of those things. I, I think we need to find balance and we need yeah. to find ease and we need to center like time away from screens and like those things. And you yeah. talk about this a lot, which has made a huge impact on me. But like the more you show up to create space mm -hmm. for yourself, the more the creativity and the light bulb moments and the like, oh, I want to do this next will come. But if we're not making that space for ourselves, whether it's like working out, walking to the beach, sitting outside in the grass for $30, <laughs> like whatever it is, like how are we supposed to be in the generative, creative, alive, yeah. present moment flow of being entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or being in enjoying our work? And I was just talking to my partner yesterday about this, about like, sure, here we are following this non-traditional entrepreneurship path. Like, mm -hmm. like neither one of us have had linear um, trajectories, you know, and, and, and we, we, neither one of us like got the degree and then got the career and now we're in the career. And I feel like a lot of people in our generation are having this non-linear experience um, that's mm -hmm. much more expansive and winding and full of like weird segues that like don't directly inform what we're doing, but mm -hmm. indirectly inform what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And to me, if we're not like, are we, Kelly Nicole Palmer is someone I want to bring in right now because I think I've heard her say, if we're not 
Like, are we working to live or are we living to work? Yeah. You know? um, and that's something I think about a lot and something that was not modeled for me. Yeah. What was modeled for me was work to live. Rather, yeah, wait, work to live. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> which one is it? <laughs> I want to be, I want to, I want to not, and this is something you and I have been talking about in our text thread with Lauren is like, I feel like since COVID started, especially, but even before COVID, because I was so scared of being on my own professionally and economically, financially, I feel like I became obsessed with work and my whole life was work and my life part was secondary to my work part. And I feel like in the last six to eight months, in part because I, I've fallen in love, I'm like, oh shit, like work has to be second to life. Like yeah. I don't, like I don't, it's not even a choice right now because of this love joy thing that's happening for me, but it's also like I'm constantly burnt out. Yeah. I'm constantly exhausted and have been for years. Like how do I interrupt that cycle? Well, I have to go back to living and working second. And it's not easy, but I have to keep doing it because I'm tired and because my life is calling me to be in a different place now. Um, yeah. I was just smiling so big as you were talking about falling in love, but I'm not going to derail the conversation to your personal life, Tristan. So – People who are listening, I already know that people are asking themselves this question because I have the privilege of having people who trust me enough to ask me this question and no one ever wants to ask it because they feel like it's dumb mm. and it's not. Mm. People will be like, what do you mean? Like build relationships? Like mm. how? How? And... I think that on the one hand, I just want to say it's if you are thinking that you're probably overthinking it, it's probably way more simple than you're giving yourself credit for. And also, it probably looks very different depending on the type of relationship that you're trying to build, like or like the type of relationship that you're trying to build or just like sometimes you're there's just going to be relationships there because you're just living your fucking life doing things that you care about being involved in a community and it just happens and it's not something that you even really need to like be super intentional about yeah. i'm curious if you have thoughts on that and like what it looks like for you to like build relationships on like like with maybe an organization versus like individuals versus like i think that you have a relationship with there's no way Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no way that you're like DMing back and forth with all like, I don't know, like how many Instagram followers do you have? Like 8,000 Instagram followers or something like that, right? But like you still have a relationship with them because of just the way that you approach the work that you do, right? Does this yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And it is funny because sometimes I will watch who like the number of people that are watching my Instagram stories and I'll be like, literally out loud, who are all these people? <laughs> like, right. no, I do not have a relationship with everybody on Instagram. I And a few things come to mind around this topic. Um, one, I'm not just posting explicit marketing content. Like, right. I don't just post about my workshops, my trainings, my classes, my programs. I don't just post calls to action. I don't just post sales pitches. And I think that's one of the things that I get most upset about is when I see people just posting sales pitches. Like, it feels gross to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel, again, like they're just trying to sell me and that it's transactional. And when I think about relationship 
focused marketing. I I go back to like, I want to share things that light me up. I want to share parts of my life that like, again, with boundaries, but I do think vulnerability is a part of any relationship. And I am constant in constant inquiry about what it looks like and what it means in this messy world of social media to be vulnerable and have boundaries, right? Like people on Instagram who are following me don't know the nitty gritty of all aspects of my life, but I am comfortable sharing little snippets, bits and pieces when it feels relevant, when it feels meaningful to me, um, when it feels true. Uh, And I think, you know, the other thing I want to say is, this other, like marketing happens in so many different ways. This conversation is pretty focused on Instagram and social media because that is where I take up most of my marketing space. And the thing that lights me up the most, I actually quite enjoy mm-hmm. being on Instagram. Um, but also like, I think that you, a lot of your business, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. comes from like people that, it's like you're connecting with those people on Instagram, but it's not like that's the primary connector. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. a good question. But I you're just it's... very like you're like involved in a lot of in like lot organizations of and giving like doing workshops and like you're in rooms with people and like people are finding you through and you are also in like Zoom calls, like just catching up with people. Like it's an yes. actual, it's not like, so like while it might sound like, or we keep coming back to Instagram, I want to highlight for anybody who's listening that what Tristan is doing goes way beyond just the on Instagram. Yes. Yes. And this is exactly what I was about to say, which is the thing that has blown my mind the most is that marketing happens like whenever we're like all the time. <laughs> like, and what I mean by that is I remember pre-COVID, I went to a couple of in-person workshops with my teacher colleague, friend, Michelle Cassandra Johnson. And we were like chit-chatting in small groups and people were introducing themselves to one another. And there was like, a, what do you do? What, what line of work are you in? You know, and I shared a little bit or people were coming up to me like, oh, I follow you on Instagram or whatever. And I was like, oh, so because I'm showing up at this thing that I care about, that I want to be a part of, that I'm where I'm learning something, I'm also building relationships and networking. And that's that networking piece. Again, I feel like it's something that we forget about when it comes to Instagram because Instagram has become or has been this like passive consumption lurking thing and people feel uncomfortable reaching out to people that they quote don't know Mm -hmm. but I always think of Instagram as like a conference where everybody's just like I'm doing this I'm doing this and like at a conference you don't just I would say I don't go to a conference not that I've been to one in forever but like I wouldn't go to one and sit in the back of the room and not talk to anybody like I'd go and I'd if I were this kind of person, I would bring my fancy business cards and I'd shake people's hands and, you know, like I would try to make connections and actually network with people so that I left the conference feeling like relationships were built. And I do feel like anytime I show up at a training, a webinar, a panel conversation, and I'm like a, I'm just like a student, like I want to be studying all the time forever and ever. And so I go to a lot of stuff just to learn. And anytime I'm there, there are people there who are like sending me a DM, like, good to see you. I follow you on Instagram or, you know, Tristan, like there's friends there. There's community there oftentimes. And 
And I haven't been altogether good at this, but I've had several people who have reached out to me after seeing me in a workshop or training where I'm on the receiving end, I'm on the student end, and just in the way that I spoke or shared or asked a question, like they DM me on Instagram and they're like, I want to know you. Mm. And I'm not saying that to be like, I'm so fancy. People want to know me. But like people want to build relationships. We're all hungry for friendship and community, especially this year, especially in 2022 or in the last few years. And I just feel like that community building part, I'm not saying like every single one of these people who I've met in workshops or in panels, like they're all my students now. Mm-hmm. But then we have this community where we're like sharing each other's work and supporting each other and like stuff comes up and I have people I can turn to because I've I have networked. I've built mm-hmm. these relationships with people that I trust and it's not just about selling them on yeah. something. And not everybody wants to build online community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get that. And it does sometimes feel weird to have friends all over the world who I've never met in person. But I also freaking love it. And like that to me, that's it's all it all interweaves with with my work. Um yeah. becomes a place where again my work doesn't feel like I'm having to like just sludge, trudge, you know, whatever the word is through stuff because I actually enjoy showing up for the thing that I, quote, have to do in order to keep the wheel turning of income, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. A couple of things that I want to like point to in the words of Lauren K. Roberts, highlight uh, of what you said. The first thing is, and I wrote this down, um, and I only want to say this because I know for a fact that there's going to be people listening who – I just want to clarify this for. Right. And you can disagree with me also. Right. This idea of like just posting sales pitches. Mm. I would encourage you if you're listening not to fixate on just what you post on Instagram when we have this conversation and instead Mm -hmm. look at your marketing as a whole. I don't think, Tristan, that what you're saying is if Instagram is not your primary way of marketing and you have all these other things that you're doing and then once a month you post about something that you're doing on there and it always happens to have a sales pitch in it, then like, ew, gross. But I do think if you look at your marketing as a whole and it's like every single thing that you do is an ask and there's never a contribution, there's never an offer of support, right? There's never anything else other than that, then that's where there's going to be an issue. Yes, I completely agree. Thank you for like going back to this and and clarifying or adding this thought. I completely agree. I think the thing that I am really trying to stress is that um, I want to be of service in my marketing. Yeah. Um, And I think that when we orient towards being of service, whatever that means for us individually, mm-hmm. it will feel better. Mm-hmm. It will feel more real and genuine and aligned mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And it will feel more real, genuine, and aligned for the people who are receiving mm-hmm. it. And by the way, it fucking works. Yes. Like, it's not like you're not going to get anything back from it. And one of the things that I've started, because I am not a natural relationship person, I'm actually a independent to the point that it hurts me. Like I I hate, I'm I'm very like, I'm on my own. I'm always the person who wants to act like I don't need anybody so that nobody can reject me. (laughs) This is a life lesson for me. Yeah. And something that I've tried to really work on over the past year is like the getting over that 
because first of all, it's going to make my life better uh, because things are a lot fucking easier when you don't think that you need to do everything on your own. Um, But also realizing that like these people who I admire from a distance who have no idea who I am, they're not going to be like, ew, who's this person that's trying to help me? Why would you send me a message out of nowhere thinking that you get to be supportive to me? Like, no. And I'm, I specifically am thinking of a couple of instances where there are people who for years I have been like, oh my God, that person is just like untouchable, like mm. just at the pinnacle of what I do. And I just lo- like, oh my gosh, if they ever noticed me and thought that I had, and this year I've just started like, I get the help a reporter out emails. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but it's like you can sign up and it's just like they send you like three emails a day. And it's like these are all of the presses that are looking for content contributions. Mm. Mm. If I see one that so, for example, there's this like very big, big deal podcast out there and they did a a podcast episode on quiet quitting. And I saw in the Harrow uh, email one day contributions on quiet quitting. I Stop, found that person on Instagram and I DM'd them and I said, hey, I saw this from this big publication and I know you just did a podcast on this. It would be so easy for you to repurpose. Maybe you have no interest in it, but I thought of you. And I was just like, I'm not. And, and I'm not doing this because I'm like, and then I can ask them for something. I'm doing it because I'm like, I'm not going to pretend that you're at a different tier than me and I am not your peer. And then like, for lack of better terms, like boo-hoo about it. Right. I'm just going to like offer to help. And like, then I get to be in community with people that I really admire and we all rise. Like that's the way that I think about it, you know? So. Yeah. I think part of what I'm hearing is um like the competition mindset mm-hmm. and like overcoming that, which mm-hmm. is – you know, another – it's like scarcity, competition. Like oh, we could just put it all together in a little fucking yeah. dumpster fire, you know? <laughs> um, and like I, I just think, it, again, it's like all such garbage. Like like what if instead of competition, we build each other up? Yes. And like send each other the DM like, hey, I really admire what you're doing. I saw this and thought of you. Like why would that be wrong? Right. Um, like I literally just said this week to a group of people. I was like, my partner and I are colleagues. We literally do the same exact work. I'm not like, oh, we're in competition. Like I want to see them thrive. Like we don't have to compete for the same clients. Like we can both be in thriving. Um, yeah. There, it, there isn't a limited amount of opportunities, a finite amount of opportunities. There isn't a finite amount of people to be in relationship with or to be in service of. Like, I just think this, and I also hear part of what I hear you saying too is the like pedestalizing mm-hmm. of like people, platforms, businesses, whatever, which I have such a hard time with, especially on social media. I'm like, I, I, I and I'm constantly like no I can't DM them they'll yep. never respond like you know because they're so and so and like I, I don't like where does that come from like and, and yeah the likelihood is they probably won't respond but it will take them like forever I got an I got a response to a DM from do you know who Maya Shankar is who uh-uh. does the podcast a slight change of plans great podcast she's really cool. Love her work. I DM'd her like, I got a DM from her uh, like last week and I was like, how the fuck 
is she in my dms right now what is happening like freaked out it was like that kermit gif where he's just like flying like the arms are going and i looked and i was like oh because you dm'd her a year ago and it took her a year to get back to you but she fucking got back amazing that's amazing and i just think the internet you know and i'm not instagram is a mess and the internet is a mess and 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 also and also like look at all the magic that can happen look at the people we can connect with like I, I just think it can be so beautiful and it doesn't have to be urgent and it doesn't have to be rooted in trying to compete with one another. And I I think that it's so special when we do take a moment to just be like, I want to reach out to this person. Maybe they'll receive it. Maybe they won't. Maybe I'll never yeah. hear from them. But like, I want to say this thing. You I did know? it because it's important to me and yes. I'm not going to not do it because I might not get an outcome. Yes. I'm just going to do it. Like, that's the person I want to be in the world, you know? Yes. And it and and it comes back, yes, one way or another. And it might not be through that person, and it might not be a specific out. Like, but if you let go of the need for the outcome, that's when it comes back. This is why I'm like, it's so funny sometimes talking to you because I'm like, you're more yogic than you realize. <laughs> like oh, sometimes <laughs> I know. I'm just I'm listening to you, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's this teaching around non-attachment. Like that's this teaching around like being committed to the to the labor even if the fruits aren't what you expect them to be. I'm also hearing you talk about like karma on some level. <laughs> I'm just like this is why we're friends. Like yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, Tristan, there's one more thing I want to ask you and I want to be respectful of your time. Okay. But I think we need to talk about it. Great. Where do you think such a big question. What am I trying to ask you here? Because I could take the lid off of this and it could be a whole podcast episode in yeah. itself. But There's a difference between speaking up and not being silent on issues that matter to you and Mm -hmm. stating your values versus when something happens, feeling like, Mm. I don't want to say that people are intentionally using it as a marketing opportunity, but we see it happen. It becomes used as a marketing opportunity where it's like, I think the example that I always think of is like, in 2020, when people started branding Black Lives Matter, yep. like, here's Black Lives Matter in my logo, in my font and colors. So like, because I know that you teach about like how we can challenge systems of oppression and also grow our work. And I know oh. that for you, there's like huge overlap and intersection between marketing and speaking up on these issues. I don't even know what my question is, but mm. go. Yeah, great. Sure. Um, This is what I think. Uh, I'm not sure where to begin. Um, Do we just say like you actually have to give a shit? I don't like I'm. (laughs) Yes, I think that might be step one. (laughs) Like you actually have to care about people other than yourself. Um, And, you know, and step two is also, I think, understanding that and maybe this isn't step two and maybe the steps aren't in a, yeah. in a line and hierarchical or anything, but like, yeah, but like you don't, we don't have to know everything about every topic, right? We're not going to. Um, and we don't have to speak out every time something happens. Um, like I think the 2020 moment in particular and the BLM uprising and the like black squares and like mm-hmm. everybody posting the black lives matter hashtag, like some of that was actually quite harmful. Um, mm-hmm. and we don't need to get into that right now, but from what I hear from the actual BLM community and, and like the people who are on the ground, that some of that shit was really harmful and performative. And like, where are those people now when in 2020 everybody was posting about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I kind of feel like, yes, you do have to actually care. You don't have to speak up about every single thing. Mm -hmm. How could we possibly do that? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'm not even saying that like we have to be attuned to like what's happening in, I mean, I do think we should care about like, for example, what's happening in the UK, right? Mm -hmm. Um, With the Queen or like what was happening in Pakistan and is probably still happening with the floods. Like I think Mm -hmm. we should care about what's happening around the world. I don't think we need to speak about every single thing. I think we should be sensitive though to like how people are being impacted by this shit when stuff goes down. Um, And you and I have talked about this too off air as it were around like I don't think we should be posting marketing content when stuff is going down. Like, I don't think that's what our nervous systems need. I think it can do harm. Like, I I, I think it's more self-serving when we just keep going on the hamster wheel. Like, I've got to get this out now because the program is launching on such and such a date, even though another Black person has been murdered by the cops. Like, I, I that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about... Um, understanding our roles and responsibilities and our lanes, like what do I have the right to speak out about? Like I have the right to speak out about my own white privilege. I have the right to interrupt when I, when I can, right? Um, whiteness, white supremacy, racism, et cetera. Um, I have the right to speak up about trans identity and lived experience and it calls to action. And I would argue that when we hold privilege in these areas, we we do have an obligation to speak up and interrupt. Like that's part of what I'm highlighting is, Mm -hmm. and at the same time, if you're not ready to say the thing, get ready. Yeah. Find a way to get ready. And it doesn't have to be in your freaking marketing or on social media. But like maybe it's a value statement on your website, which you have put together and beautifully, you know, like maybe – Shout out Abiola Bala for an education studio. Yeah, Abiola. Like – or or maybe it's something else, like interrupting something at the dinner table with your family. Yeah. Um, But I do think – I think that there's something to be said about sharing other people's voices if you don't – have your own to share or if you're still in a place of learning um I think there's something to be shared about like here's where I'm learning right and then supporting the people that you're learning from and in relationship with um and I do think there's something to be said about like when you have an aha moment or a direct connection to something sharing something about that direct connection as a way to call other people into the conversation yeah um and again understanding our roles, responsibilities, and our points of privilege so that we can be sensitive to not perpetuating harm or perpetuating, like replicating the systems that we're trying to challenge. And that is an ongoing process. Like how do I interrupt whiteness and decenter my own whiteness while also being a white person? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what the fuck that looks like. I'm learning in real time and and making mistakes as I go. But I I feel like the time for us, the time in which people separated political beliefs, values, like don't talk about your your, you know, how you vote or whatever mm-hmm. or what you support, like that's done. Like yeah. we need to say what what matters to us because we're at a moment where shit is scary. Um, And it's been scary for a while, but people have been shoving it under the rug and and turning their face away and and not thinking about it. And I want people to understand that those days need to be over mm-hmm. and that 
we can bring this form of fill in the blank, activism, um, solidarity, action, whatever, into our marketing. And I think that when we do, um, it feels, again, like it goes back to like all the beginning of this conversation, like it can feel better. It will be more aligned. It will be more genuine. It will be authentic. Even if it's like, I'm not sure about this thing, I'm studying this thing, and I'm in inquiry about this thing, and here are the questions I'm sitting with. Like, and and also, I don't know, I just, I could keep rambling about this, and it it's such a, it's such a big conversation and something that I don't have all the answers to. Of course, yeah. But it's something I'm constantly trying to live into, is like, how do I not stay silent? Yeah. Um, how do I not stay silent? What am I missing? Like, what am I not seeing because of my own identities and lived experience? Um, yeah. Or what am I not seeing because of the ways that I've been harmed by systems of oppression? Um, you know, when I was growing up, the conversation was um, not seeing color, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for decades. And that did so much harm um, and and is deep in my brain. I'm still unlearning that thread in my brain. So how do I keep unlearning? How do I keep like showing up for the hard conversations? How do I do it in a way that feels boundaried, aligned, less harmful on social media or in my marketing? And then how do I do it in my day-to-day life? Because both have to be happening simultaneously, right? Um, It can't just be on Instagram. Please don't let it just be on Instagram. Like the revolution is not going to be on social media. (laughs) If it is, I have news for you. People are going to be able to tell. Yes, exactly. And you're going to hear about it. (laughs) So don't do it. It's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's such a, I don't have the answers. I want to be in the conversation. I'm in the conversation and I'm I'm figuring it out and I'm making mistakes too. Like I totally feel like I make mistakes on social media when it comes to speaking out about these things. And I make mistakes in conversations all the time, but I'm trying because I care and I want I want people to live better, um, not just people who look like me, right? Like, and I want I want to live better. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we're all interconnected. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll pause there. Tristan, <laughs> I know you have an upcoming cohort of your marketing mm. mentorship. Well, yes. you know, yeah. It's, I'm just going to let you talk about what it is because I just said marketing mentorship and I'm like, it is so much more than a marketing mentorship. Marketing is like a piece of it. Do you want to share with people um, about that so that they can go and find you and your and your work if they're interested? Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, yeah, I, I have a program. It's called Yoga, Social Justice, and Marketing. Um, to Brooke's point, it's like way more than just marketing. I feel like marketing is a component that is woven in throughout the entire course or program, um, but it is much more focused on a lot of what we've been talking about in this conversation, I will say, um, and like the themes that inform this conversation, um, that I some of which I can't speak to given my own identities and experience in the world. Um, but it is a six-month program. It starts in November. Um, it's usually a pretty small group, uh, and there's a lot of conversation time for questions and like group, like real time, like thinking processes. Um, and you know, we do talk about what it means to grow our work in the world, um, and how that relates to social justice considerations. It is somewhat focused on 
people who are in the yoga realm. But I got to say, I feel like that's becoming like less and less of a focal point mm-hmm. and that anybody is welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's shifting. Like it's just in this place where I'm like, I don't know where it's going to go. I know this is the last time I'm going to be offering it in its current shape and form. Mm-hmm. Um And I just think I want to see it go in a new direction and I'm not quite sure what that looks like, but I do think the marketing component might be more robust and the social justice component might be more robust and the yoga component might be a little bit less, but yoga will be implied somehow because I think yoga and social justice go hand in hand in my experience and understanding of yoga. So anyways, all of that to say – it's a six-month program. It starts in November. This is the last time I'm offering it in its current shape and form. Um, and if you enjoyed this conversation, please check it out and let me know if you have any questions. I, I'm clearly, if it's not, well, if it's not clear, I love this stuff. <laughs> like, I love this conversation. I love talking to Brooke about anything, but I love, I this stuff lights me up. And I feel like the people who have been in the program so far have gotten a lot out of it kind of been lit up too in all kinds of different ways. And um, if you're at all interested in the things we've talked about, then, you know, check out the program and yeah. um, and stay tuned to see where it goes because I have no idea <laughs> what it's going to happen, but I, I'm going to shift it. It is shifting in some way. Yeah. I'm excited to see. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Um, also, if you are on my email list already, then you will have gotten an email when this went live with a link. So um, check your inbox because it's probably already there. Yeah. Um, you can also find Tristan on Instagram as we established. So there's pl- plenty of ways to find Tristan. What I would say too, as like a takeaway is if you were listening to this conversation and you're still feeling like, okay, I kind of get it, but like, I kind of don't get it. And like, I've heard these things before, but how do I actually apply it in my marketing? It's mm. probably because there's some work that maybe isn't going on outside mm. of your business and marketing. And I think that a lot of that would be stuff that would be addressed in this program. So this yeah. might actually make a lot of things click for you yeah. in a way that has maybe felt a little bit out of reach, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I think that's true. Yeah. 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 Is there anything else that you want to share before we go, Tristan? No, I just love being with you and talking about these things. I feel like such a nerd sometimes, but I'm like, I'm. This was great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and Thank you for um, coming on again. I know that yeah. you are like, you know, you have important shit going on, and so I'm honestly just so honored that you are always up for chatting with me. Always, so always. <laughs> so do I. Really, yeah. Thank you, Brooke. <laughs> Thank you. If you're not yet following Tristan and engaging with their work, you're welcome for introducing you. Go and find them on Instagram. Get some examples of different marketing around you so that you have something else being reflected back to you. Head to the links in the show notes. You can find all of their programs that we talked about. I hope you loved this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Transcend Your Dichotomy is a production of Passion and Process Collaborative, LLC. The show is produced by me, Brooke Monahan, with production and marketing support from Alex Henderson. If you want to support me and the show, the best way to do that is to leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts and share the show with someone who you know needs to hear it. For free trainings, my weekly newsletter, or to join us in the Rule Breakers crew, go to brooke-monahan.com. That's M-O-N-A-G-H-A-N. Love y'all. See you next week.